Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, a little tired, a little hot. Yeah. It's been, it's been hot. This is my first like heat wave since moving to the valley. Yeah. I uh, I don't care for it. It's very because I don't have air conditioning in my room. Yeah. And so I'm That sounds rough. I'm dependent on the fan that we keep in our window to blow in the cool air from outside, which there is none right now. You mean now. a fan of the podcast. Exactly, yes. His job is to just kind of kind of waft the air in <laughs> with his hands. Um, he's kind of our intern. <laughs> but um, every podcast has an intern now. Um, um, okay. Now we just... This is episode 173. Yeah. We've actually just recorded episode 174. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure what the release schedule is going to be. I know we talked about it, but... I kind of want to refine that a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, I want to say um, a couple of things I want to mention right at the top is, again, the Comic-Con meetup. Uh, yeah. If you're going to be there, we're going to be at uh, the Tipsy Crow, which is 770 Fifth Avenue. It's up into the gas lamp, sort of a straight shot up Fifth Avenue from the um, <clears throat> from the convention center. It'll be 8 p.m. on Thursday, July 22nd. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to be there. Um I know Ryan from Criterion Cast and maybe Rudy from Criterion Cast are going to be there. Okay, uh, it's going to be some some fun stuff. Maybe uh, Venkman from Geek Tyrant. Yeah, spoilers as to who our next guest is. Indeed. Um, but what I really want to say about the next episode, Comic Con aside, the next episode where it's going to be called when you see it downloaded, it's going to be called Comic Con 2010 Preview. Okay, or San Diego Comic Con 2010 Preview. But uh, I really want to stress that it is an official episode of Battleship Retention, and even if you're not going to Comic Con. I like to think it's worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about. It's not just about uh, the stuff that's coming up. It's sort of about the convention atmosphere as a whole. And in true yeah. battleship pretension form, we tangent, we pontificate. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that up top, so I, I don't want people to s- who aren't going to Comic Con to think they uh, there isn't going to be anything for them in the next episode. I really had a fun time recording it with with Mr. Vankman yeah. from GeekTyrant dot com and Doctor uh, Vankman. <laughs> I know this guy. He's okay. no doctor. Oh, um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that just because it's called San Diego Comic-Con 2010 Preview, uh, I like to think it's worth listening to. Okay. Well, why, why did I get that out of the way? Well, that's where you and I differ. Um, <laughs> it is. I feel like the title should be something to the effect of how to survive Comic-Con <laughs> because that's kind of what it came out to be is because is it's going to be my first Comic-Con. I've not gone before. I'm a little intimidated. Uh, and basically, David and Venkman just kind of giving some pointers on Comic-Con and encouraging encouraging me in, in some of my uh, trepidations. But it wasn't just pointers. No, no, not at all. Because pointers... Here's the thing. I want to tell you. Okay. Carry bottled water. Carry uh, ibuprofen. Okay, yeah. Because you're going to be in the heat. Yeah. You're going to get dehydrated, and that's going to give you a headache. That is something I have learned from past Comic-Cons. Carry some... Tylenol, ibuprofen, or aspirin, or something with you because you will get a headache. Stay hydrated. Now, how uh, how air conditioned are these buildings? Oh, they're perfectly air conditioned. I mean, it okay. gets a little rough in the on the floor when there's tens of thousands of people, yeah, crammed in. But yeah, I imagine that if they emptied it out, it would be about forty five degrees in there because they keep it nice and cool. Okay, fair enough. All right, that's that's what I like to hear. I uh, I never get tired. Of air conditioning. It is one of those things where I just, uh, it's like uh, being married. Yeah, maybe even better than being married in some sense where there are times when, you know, Jen and I get in a fight or something. I'm just like, oh, why did I do this? And then eventually I'm just like, oh, wait, I did it because it's awesome. Whereas air conditioning never lets me down. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> like when I went to, uh, not to imply that my wife lets me down, you know what I'm saying. Um, but, uh, no. huh? No, I don't know what you're saying. You don't know what I'm saying? I don't know your marital discord. I don't. I don't want to no, be a part of it. No, but you have a girlfriend. You know what I'm talking about to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but she lets uh, me know all the time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but the, uh, but yeah. So it's. I, I'm excited to go. Uh, I'm excited to meet uh, any fans or listeners. We. I. I don't even. Are you to a point where you are comfortable saying fan? I still. I always say listener. I prefer listener. Yeah. Yeah. Fan seems a little grandiose for us, <laughs> where it's just uh, it's. I think it's people who just ha- just are too lazy to delete us from uh, their subscriptions. But listen, speaking of listeners, speaking of fans, okay, uh, 
Yes. Uh, we are going to do a listener-suggested topic today. Okay. Which, by the way, we love. Seriously. V- very much so. Send us ideas. That doesn't mean we'll necessarily do them, but if yeah. we like them, we'll probably do them because it means we don't have to think of something. That's true. Um, so uh, this is one I got off. So let's get into it, shall we? All this right. is one that I got off of Twitter mm-hmm. from a guy named at BK O'Grady or possibly B. Cogrady. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, it's Biko Grady. Biko. Yeah. It's Biko Grady. Right. Yeah. Wait, are you sure it's not Bacog Rady? <laughs> or Bacogger Addy? Or, or Bacogrady? <laughs> or Bacograd. Why? Uh, Bacograd E. See, this is why uh, I, I refuse to say fans. <laughs> um, but uh, here's what we're doing. Okay. Uh, he described it as fad movies. Fad, F-A-D. Yeah, so movies that are attempt, an attempt to cash in on fads. Okay. And I'm going to leave right in by mentioning the one one that he mentioned in his tweet to me. Okay. You know what? I say he, and I don't know that it's a he. Oh, my gosh. I feel like, given the Battleship Pretension audience, is probably yeah. an 80% chance it's a guy. Well, I mean, I've known... I don't know. I mean, I've known a few women named Biko, but it is predominantly a male name, I think. Right. So... But if the name does end up being Bicagra, that's definitely female. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there are no men named Bicagra. You'd be I know. laughed what, out of the... What parent would do that to their son? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, one that, that was mentioned in the, in the tweet was The Wizard. The Wizard, yes. Which, um, <laughs> that's a fad movie as much as it is just a big commercial. You oh, know, sort of like so. Mac and Me is just a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, that thing is uh, atrocious. Um, the Wizard is about Nintendo, and it's a commercial for the Power Glove. It's also a commercial for Super Mario Brothers three. It sure is. Which had not at the time the movie was released, Super Mario Brothers three had not been released. Right. So when they the competition at the end, for those who don't know, and you're missing out if you don't. Yeah, the Wizard is about like an autistic kid who's really good at Nintendo. Yeah, and then. And is, There's a road trip. I haven't seen it. Since yeah, it's him and his friends. One of them played by uh, Fred Savage. Sure. Um, and uh, they go on a road trip to a huge Nintendo convention because that's the one way that this kid can express himself. He can shine. He can shine. Like <laughs> he David Helfgott. Yes. He can. Exactly. He's the David Helfgott of the Power yes. Glove. But it's also like the piano. It's the only way <laughs> he can really get the get his emotions out there. Right. Um, when he is, uh, you know, hunting ducks. <laughs> or running the gauntlet, or any number of things. Um, Narc. Contra. So, up, up, down, down. Anyway. Metal Gear. <laughs> Metal Gear, was that uh, Nintendo? Yeah, before Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you say up, up, down, down, left, right, left, up, right, up, down, down, left, right, start. Or up, up, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. Yes. You know, some people know it as BA Select Start, but I think that's f- if it's uh, one player, and I think it's BA Start. If it's two players, I might have that backwards. But I only ever knew it as BA Start, and I've gotten in, uh, I would venture to say, arguments with people over that. Uh, well, listen, someone <laughs> with an original NES, yeah. pop in your uh, first, blow into the cartridge, and into the game. Absolutely. To get it to work. In whatever style you have, we yeah. all have one. First, yeah, you got to clear the spittle away from the front of your mouth. You don't exactly. want to get any moisture in there. No, you it will the destroy cartridge. the game. <laughs> It'll never work again. <laughs> and there's the $23 you spent on eBay right down the toilet. Um, <laughs> pop in your Contra cartridge. Yeah. And tell me if up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start, or up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA select start yeah. gets you infinite lives. No, it's not infinite. It's 30. Oh, it's 30. Just oh. 30 lives. I guess I never needed 30. Well, look, good for you. I'm kidding. Some I've never played Contra in my life. Oh, okay. I'm, not a, I'm not a video game But person. you still know that code, right? Yeah, I grew up. I was alive exactly. in the early 90s. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, but yeah, so Wizard is uh, it's about this kid, and he goes to the Nintendo conference, and there is one kid. Does he meet him at the Nintendo conference? Or? Again, I don't know. I haven't seen okay. it in so long. Yeah, I haven't seen it in, I'd say, about 20 years. Um, and uh, right. Maybe even longer than that. Good Lord. And... And so, well, what year did it come out? It, no, it can't be twenty years old. It's got to be. When did Super Mario Three come out? It might be exactly twenty years. Okay, old. I'm gonna look it up. You Fair go enough. talk. You talk about uh, so the wizard and so the things you don't remember about it. That, well, no, what I do remember is that I may not remember the specifics of this kid who is basically what what can only be described as a Nintendo bully, <laughs> uh, who is constantly challenging 
uh, our heroes and being like, hey, you kids don't, you know, you're not as awesome as I am. Be, you know, check this shit out. At which point he whips out the power glove. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God. And this kid, I can picture him as yeah. if I just saw the movie yesterday. <laughs> uh, he's got, uh, he, he's, he's got long blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, he's very smarmy. Oh, of course. He's like, um, wouldn't you be? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's sort of like, um, the video game nerd, Andre Agassi. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. But like 13 year old, years yeah. old. Yeah. If Andre Agassi and David Spade had a <laughs> yeah. child and gave him a glove of power, then uh, that's who this kid would be. But, uh, and basically, uh, it, it all comes down to the end where the Nintendo, you know, the, uh, our hero and the bully, and I think maybe one or two other people um, that we all know are not going to win, um, they, uh, they are allowed at the end of this Nintendo conference. Or uh, my phone's contest, freezing up. Or I hope this doesn't happen at Comic Con. I know. Oh my gosh, you got eight days. Wait, how long? Six days. Six days. Oh my god. Seven gosh. for you. You're not coming for preview night. That's true. Um, but anyway, so for those who can't tell, if you can't tell, I can think of nothing but Comic Con. Yeah. And, and Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, we'll get. To, you'll oh, hear more about that. next I episode. said I wouldn't talk about Mel Gibson in the la- in the last episode. Next episode. But have you listened to these? No, I don't want to. I've heard what I, I know what it, was said in them, and it sounds but, uh, horrifying. so many more have been released now. There's four of them. I haven't listened to the newest one. Yeah. Um, God, if there weren't an actual human being on the, other end the, on the other end of that line, yeah, this would be some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, everything that I've heard about it doesn't it just seem a little Ben Kingsley and Sexy Beast esque? <laughs> uh, it just sounds like that. She, kind at of one point, venom. she says, "I apologize for nothing," and he just like. He was shitting himself. He's like, what? 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 <laughs> uh, all He's right. all out of breath. Yeah, that's... Uh, as I as I say on the other one, uh, on the uh, 174... 174, next um, episode. Next episode. Um, yeah, go and listen to Mike Schmidt's podcast, The 40-Year-Old Boy. Listen to his. Listen to him talk about it, because it's, it's very funny. You can tell um, he's a little old-fashioned, because... He's talking about her, her, her implants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like them. He says she lied to him and said they were real. Okay. And he says, they're, they're stupid. They make you look stupid. Get rid of them, why don't you? <laughs> Again, this is awful because he's talking to an actual human being. But if right. he weren't, if someone wrote this, I would be applauding it. It's so. It's such a perfect portrait of just a, just an awful person. But get rid of them, why don't you? Get rid of them, why don't you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, who could think of something like that? <laughs> but it's not, uh, I feel, it's like, um, you know, the Christian Bale rant I loved. Yes. Because no one was really hurt, and he was kind of right. Okay, yeah. This, I, I wish I could love it, you know, but yeah. it's like the it's like the David O. Russell thing, but even worse. Yeah. Like, I can't really love it because he's being awful to an actual person. Yeah. And I hate that. I wish someone just wrote it. I wish it were all a goof. Well, Christian Bale was being awful to a person. But who deserved it? It'll oh, okay, it. fair enough. Maybe not deserved all of that. No, he was walking through there. Ah, da, 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 da. No, we all know that. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm the, sorry, I've gotten this way off topic. The wizard. Um, so sorry, Mel Gibson. St- oh man, if only if he was that bully, I'd have a, have a very different outcome that film. <laughs> um, but uh, so basically, the film then reveals that the final test is going to be a little game. Called Super Mario Brothers Three. <gasps> what do you think of that? Characters and by extension America. Yeah, and I mean, I think again, I, my memory is a little foggy, but I mean, this was this was very much known going in that you were going to see yeah Super Mario Brothers Three yeah which had not been released yet yeah and uh, and I will say this that as strange as it sounds in the pre-internet age, the prospect of that must have been astounding. Uh, and just so exciting for people because if you look at the fir- at Super Mario Brothers two and Super Mario Brothers three, there is a it, it's a world of difference. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a it is a vastly superior game. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like Super Mario Brothers two, might be my favorite of the three. But three, it's got a like the format is very different as well as far as the different worlds you can go to and all these things. It's just such a really fascinating game, and 
the the prospect of getting to see a sneak preview of it. I mean, that pretty much that and the power glove. Mm-hmm. That's the hook of this film. Will and you confirm just, something for me? Okay. I don't know if you know. I don't know okay. if you know if a Super Mario Brothers geek. Uh, not much of one, no. But is it true that Super Mario Brothers Two, as we got it, was not the original Japanese Super Mario Brothers Two? Oh, I don't know. The, here's what I heard: that what's the name of the company that made? I don't remember. Is it just Nintendo? Who made? I don't know. Who, I don't know who's behind Super Mario Brothers. I don't know Brothers, companies, but it's some Japanese company. And the way I've heard it is that they made a game that was a sequel to Super Mario Brothers that was very difficult and very much aimed at like experienced gamers. Okay, and because Super Mario Brothers had a children's following here mm-hmm. they essentially took a children's game okay that already existed in japan on a different name and added mario and luigi to it okay that second part is what i had heard i had not heard that it was that this thing was very difficult but that there uh, the way i understand it in japan there is some there is a super mario brothers 2 that is a completely different game from the the one with the flurries and everything that we played and insanely difficult apparently that's what i hear man i have to assume that there is somebody listening to this who has a game podcast and knows the specifics of everything that we have just said. And uh, we've probably gotten like 18 things wrong, <laughs> and they're slamming their heads into the wall. I but apologize, yeah, everybody. For tweet me. Twitter.com slash the pretension. Yes, tweet I, him. I want, yeah, because Tyler doesn't care, but I do want to know what the story is. It's not, that, it's not that I don't care. It's that I just don't want to be called an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and it is fascinating um, because once David... When David suggested this topic, I remember thinking like... After at BK O'Grady. Right, right. Biko. When Biko uh, suggested the topic, I remember thinking like, I don't know what to talk about with this. Um, and then you brought up The Wizard. And for some reason, that just caused uh, just an avalanche of movies. One could venture to say, and this is... I'll, I'll get your opinion on this because this is kind of an academic question. A lot of the movies, I don't know what movies are on your list... Mm-hmm. One could say that movies that are that are made only to capitalize on a fad, they're not going to be good artistically. Probably not, because it's not. No one ever. No one has like is inspired by this enough to tell an original story. The whole idea is to make money because it's it's it's, it's associating itself with with a uh, a marketable product or person or whatever, and so. The question I was the, going to there's ask... There's only one movie I can think of at the top of my head... Okay. ...that could be called a fad movie. Okay. And it's actually not good. We both didn't like it. Okay. But it's not necessarily a cash-in. And okay. that's David Mamet's Red Belt. Which okay. seems like... Because MMA has been growing by leaps and bounds, especially this was 2008, I think, this came out. Yeah. Um, at that point, it was like a big new thing. Yeah. Um, I remember that was at, at a time, 2008, when I was... Uh, sort of sporadically employed and would spend yeah. a lot of time reading about hockey on ESPN. Okay. And there were ads for Red Belt on ESPN.com. Hmm. Like, uh, it, it was sort of, it seemed like it was sort of cashing in, but it seemed like maybe that's the way it was marketed, but not what David Mamet had in mind. No, that... It turned that, out to be a very much not good movie. Yes. That but film... for to, different reasons. That film just seems like something that... It's a fad that he himself got involved in, loves, uh-huh. and was so passionate about it that he wanted to make a movie about it. And so that actually did spring for he. It came from a fad, but it came from his specific love of that fad. Mm-hmm. So that actually did spring from something uh, artistic, bad as the movie turned out to be. Yeah. Um, whereas a film like well, so the question is this. Should these movies e- even exist? I mean, there is there any are there any good movies on your list? No, I mean, I'll admit to having a soft spot in my heart for Rad, the BMX <laughs> movie, which is the very first one on oh, my okay, list. Fair enough, um, but it's not a good movie. Okay, now I've admittedly a lot of the movies on my list I've not seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I know them, I know about them by virtue of the reviews that I that I read and and just being in many cases inundated with hype about them mm-hmm. because such is the nature of a fad movie is you they need everyone to see it before the fad goes away <laughs> and um and so they they'll pour a lot of money into it um and so i know that some people probably have a difficult not probably i know that some people do have a difficult time with you and i discussing movies that we haven't seen but i'm i'm talking We're not more be about reviewing them no i'm talking more about the phenomenon of these movies so the question is this should these movies exist at all. 
Who are we to say? Okay, fair enough. And we don't have to go see them. That's true. That is true. Like you said, you haven't seen them. That is true. I've got yes. a lot of movies on my list I haven't seen. Okay. Um, so let's... A lot of, uh, like, um, dance-centric m- movies. Okay. Like, I've got Step Up, Stomp the Yard, Drumline. Like yeah. These are all movies that I have not seen yeah. that are on my list. Oh, Step Up 3D. That was one of the trailers that I that was showing when I went and saw Predators. That's crazy. Um, but, uh, okay, so uh, I'll throw it to you because we talked about The Wizard already. I'll throw it to you. First movie on your list, it was it first because it's the first one to pop into your head? Yeah. It's a movie, a little movie called Rad. Which I have definitely seen. Okay, what's, Again, that, what's not, it about? Probably not in... I've seen it more recently than I've seen The Wizard. Okay. I, mean, I, I probably watched it again as a goof like in high school. Okay. Um... It's a movie about BMX. Yeah. Which is, a, which is a bicycle. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, um, competitive bicycling. Yeah. You know, kind of like, I guess it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, dirt biking, except it's all foot powered. There's no, okay. there's no motor. Yeah. It has Lori Laughlin in it. Hey, all right. Um, these people, <laughs> like, the, <laughs> It's not that they just <laughs> bicycle competitively. Right. That would be one thing. That would be believable. That would be... Yeah. That would be using the fad in the way that it actually exists in the real world. All right. But the 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 characters in this movie are rarely not on their bikes. Okay. They go through the convenience store on their bike. I think there's a kind of romantic scene where they're essentially slow dancing on their BMX <laughs> bikes. As I recall. I could be wrong. Again, I haven't seen it in a long time. That's a delight. Um, that's all I really remember is that it was just the, the fact that they were on bikes was the reason for the movie. Yeah. It wasn't the competition. It was just like, BMX bikes are cool. Let's make a movie where people are on BMX bikes nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10 scenes are people on BMX bikes. I got to assume they, that those producers probably fired like six directors because, the producers kept saying, you don't understand. <laughs> People are coming for the bikes. They can't be off their bikes. Like, yeah, but you, ha- but they're in a store. You're fired. <laughs> and, he's like, oh. and then finally they got a guy who's like, no, no, I'm just happy to have the job. Just, uh, yeah, no, actually, of course they dance on their bikes. It's what they do. It reminded me, when I thought of Red, I thought of a movie that I haven't seen that I've always wanted to see. Okay. Uh, which is from the early 90s, I think 93 or so. It's called Airborne. Everyone, is that with uh, the, Seth Green? Yeah, it's okay. the rollerblade version of Rad. <laughs> and I think Jack Black actually has a small role in oh, it. Oh, my. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but I've never seen Airborne. I don't know anything about it, but I so want to see it because it's just, it's Rad, but it's rollerboards. I but I love the idea that there are people out there who think Rad is a cool movie and Airborne is a lame movie. Oh, yeah. Because they like bikes and they don't like it. Meanwhile. I love that idea. Meanwhile, there are people out there who are like, Gleaming the Cube is the best. Come on now. Who are these nerds over here? Yeah, Gleaming the Cube, Cube is fine, but uh, until you've seen Thrashing, <laughs> you haven't seen the right skateboard movie. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, now the fad that I, the fad that I really locked into, was the fad of celebrity, where rather than there being a thing that everyone that suddenly becomes very popular, and and filmmakers or not filmmakers, I'm sorry. Studios and producers decide they want to make a film about it to try and get some money. Um, the thing that got me was you shouldn't necessarily use the word producer as inter- interchangeable with that's true. Yes, studio. I'm sorry. Are, Let's stick with studio yeah. suits. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of producers out there who actually care about movies. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Gonna go f- see everything. I'm gonna go find out about him at Comic Con. Um, but the thing that okay, so for the thing that I jump to my mind were movies that starred somebody who for all intents and purposes is not an actor um for example there was like two years when everyone was in love with dennis rodman <laughs> and man yeah that's they a could, great they could not just he i was didn't everywhere. even pursue this path but yeah there's a oh. lot of these oh dennis uh, rodman, musicians you're talking about double double trouble <laughs> double take, I believe it's double called. Double take. <laughs> <laughs> I can't double Trouble was a delightful film. Um, I have to assume the Olsen twins were in it when they were like seven or something. You're probably um, right. 
Yeah, I probably am. I'm <laughs> j- I think I'm joking, but apparently I'm not. Um, but no, so he was in Double Take with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, whose career at the time, of course, was uh, on fumes. Um, uh-huh. But uh, actually, no, it was just starting. I think it had just started to go go down. But uh, And starring with Dennis Rodman, I'm sure, looked like, oh, this, is, this will recharge my career. Because uh, he was, what are you doing? I'm playing with your lamp. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Admittedly, you're doing what I do all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, Dennis Rodman, he was like, he was the bad boy of basketball. Oh, he's always, he's always uh, dyeing his hair. He show, he's like in a, on the cover of a magazine in a dress. Uh-huh. But, or he's like naked on a motorcycle. Or, or just, you Wasn't that on his book? He was Is that what it was? Naked? Okay. Oh, he has a book. There's <laughs> yeah. a thing. Um, I'm fascinated by the notion that he put pen to paper and someone said, I'll, I'll buy that. Um, but, uh, well, you know, a movie leaps directly to mind when you mention this, this type of fad. What is that? That would be a film starring, uh, Rob Van Winkle. You and I know him as Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay. The film is called Cool as Ice. That's right. Right there. Uh, Cool as Ice. Again, never seen it. Uh, no, but I do know that, um, oh fuck. I'm forgetting his name. The award-winning cinematographer who shot Janusz Kaminski. Oh, yes. Shot Cool as Ice. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, you know, they can't all be winners. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's... I mean, at the time... Okay, I understand having Vanilla Ice play a rapper in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Because he's playing a musician who's on a stage. Uh Why not go with someone that's popular? Sure, why not? But cool as ice, it's just, I mean, that that along with, I would say, Double Team or uh, The Hottie and the Naughty mm-hmm. with Paris Hilton, um, who, let me ask you this. This is a slight, uh, a slight tangent. Somebody like Paris Hilton, is she ever, has she ever been truly popular? Is there, are there people who look at her and say, Wow, she's great. I want to be like her. And I'm not trying to be incredulous. I actually want to know. Are there people like that? I think there are, but it okay. makes me sad to think about them. Okay. Because Hottie and the Naughty certainly did not do well. In fact, I don't feel like uh, a lot of these films did well. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, it's just... I don't know. I feel like she was she was famous for being... Uh, a sl- for being famous, basically, and I think people got tired of it really quick, and everyone just wanted bad things to happen to her. And uh, and you, I mean, when she went to jail, I remember being like, oh, it's kind of a shame that. I mean, she went to jail for, you know, a criminal activity, right? I don't remember. I don't remember what it was either. But uh, all I can anyway. think about is Lindsay Lohan. Oh, <laughs> that's all you can think about these days. Yeah, I, I thought it was Comic Con no. and Mel Gibson. I can't enjoy Comic Con or Mel Gibson, knowing. That our poor Le- our poor Lilo Lilo okay <laughs> is uh, a political prisoner <laughs> rotting away for ninety days in this jail cell. People seem to have forgotten about her. Ah, oh. I don't I don't understand what this world's coming to. <laughs> we'll see, we'll, Lindsay, we'll, if you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> they do pipe podcasts into jail now. Um, oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, and so. Uh, that was ju- that was just a slight thing that, but it does it does lead to the other point that do fad movies ever do well? I'm looking at my list and I feel like this is a list of movies that bombed. But here's the thing: <laughs> I bet the combined budget of those movies on your list isn't that doesn't add up to, uh, I don't know, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Budget. Yeah, I you mean know? everything about them is we can crank them out for not much money. Yeah, that's the point. I and mean, maybe make something back. And here we are talking about Rad all these you know twenty five years later. <laughs> well, yeah, but for maybe the wrong reason. <laughs> but it still exists. It's it. <laughs> it sure does. They did not destroy it. Rad's on Blu Ray, right? <laughs> it will be now. <laughs> um, because we'll we'll get a letter writing p- campaign going. Yeah. Um, Criterion will release. It. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and I think another example is uh, I mean I mentioned Dennis Rodman. There's Paris Hilton, and of course, uh, and there's uh, Vanilla Ice, and uh, and then for like a year or two, 
everyone was putting Shaquille O'Neal in <laughs> movies. Um, but there are certain athletes that went on to be actors um, that... The dad from Webster. I'm sorry, what was that? The, the dad, dad from yes, Webster. the dad from uh, Jim Brown. That's not his name. No, uh, Alex Karras, I believe, is the name of the actor. <laughs> yeah, he um, was in Blazing Saddles. He was in Blazing Saddles. He was in Webster. Uh-huh. Um, Jim Brown. Which one did he punch a horse in? That's Blazing Saddles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He played uh, sure? Mon- Mongo. Mon- yeah. yeah, that's right. Right. They did have a, a delightful scene that was like paid homage to that in Webster where he punches the dog. Um, is that true? No. <laughs> I don't remember um, any of Webster. Uh I do remember one where uh, Webster walked into like a secret passage and was stuck in a room that no one knew about in the house, and he was like singing to himself to try to comfort himself. It was very sad. Do you remember there was one? He went to the apartment upstairs, and it was like an old lady who was like a shut-in who lived up there. No, it's creepy. That's <laughs> my only memory of Webster is like some creepy episode. Well, I have to assume she turned out to not actually be creepy, and she was just. You know, no, uh, I think she killed him. Oh, okay. All right. It was the f- series finale <laughs> yeah. of Webster. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so um, I just, I f- maybe this is something that I hope instead of something that I feel, but, and I feel like I, I, I might have mentioned this before, that I do get the impression that audiences tend to know when they're being condescended to. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more condescending than a studio saying, Hey, these idiots like this, right? Well, then they're they're going to eat this up. Here, enjoy. They're, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I feel like uh, America, for as uh, there's plenty of crap that we do watch, um, but when it's when it is that cynical, I I feel like uh, it's usually roundly rejected. At the mm-hmm. top of my list here is uh, the film from Justin to Kelly, mm. American Idol was was and still is. A huge success. That first season, I mean, it was a phenomenon. Fell on the ratings this past season. It did fall. That's right. Why do you think that is, David? You've got the TV podcast. (laughs) Yeah, but I haven't watched. Well, uh, I have the Christian podcast. I think it was God's will. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched uh, American Idol since uh, Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks won, 2006. Did did that disgust you so much that you said, I'm done with this? No, I found him delightful. Did you really? Interesting. I think I'm kind of, have you heard of VoteForTheWorst.com? No. It's an American Idol quote-unquote fan website that okay. is all about voting for whoever's the worst. In, I guess kind of a way to like expose how phony it is. But these are also people who really like the show. They just like it as a show, yeah. not because they necessarily believe in the, po- it, the show's power to find undiscovered talent. Okay. They know that it's all false, but they still enjoy it. And I kind of... I really like watching the show from that point of view. I was... I didn't watch much of... I say I haven't seen anything since Taylor Hicks, but that was the last thing season I watched in its entirety. I, I would occasionally tune in for Sanjaya because okay. I found him fascinating, and I wanted him to win. What was his whole thing? I, I, uh, uh, I've never really watched an entire... Not even... I don't know if I've ever watched an entire episode. My, my wife loves it. Sanjaya was... A, he was a young, skinny, awkward... Um, Sexually ambiguous, okay. Crazy hair guy, okay. And everything I've just mentioned comes before his ability to sing. Oh, okay. And he hung in there for way longer than people thought he would, to the point where I was like, "This is the future of American Idol," and I'm happy about it. That it's just a, a freak a show. Freak show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we both arrived at that uh, <laughs> phrase at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I worked at a movie theater when From Justin to Kelly came out. And I remember that one, it just it just completely tanked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just... And some people theorize that... Uh, theorized gives it a little more credibility. Uh, thought, perhaps, that um, it didn't come out in time. Because by the time Justin... By the time... That was the first season. By the time the first season was done, there was, there was, uh, there was maybe in, uh, like four or five months in between... The season ending, and from Justin to Kelly coming out, and by that time, I think another season had started, and it was—I'm not 100 percent on that, or at the very least, auditions had probably started. Yeah, the the next season was was gearing up, and at this point, it was it was old news. These two people yeah. were old news. Certainly, and Justin was. Yeah, Justin had not had 
any career. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kelly Clarkson was clearly becoming something and yeah. still is, you know, uh, a viable pop star. Yeah. Whereas it was, but yeah, by the time it came out, it was already clear that Justin Greeny was not going to have a career as a pop singer. But what's interesting... But I think that's the thing in okay. general, is that a movie, it takes a while to make. Yeah. And so that's why these audiences catch on. If some of these movies came out, maybe, you know, if if Rad or if Airborne came out six months earlier... Yeah. Uh, they might... They would still be bad movies, but they would kind of be almost on the cutting edge of something. Yeah. But that's impossible, because by the time someone understands the thing well enough you know, well enough to green light it, mm-hmm. then they've still got a few months. It's already too late by that point. Yeah. Um, and so I get, I, I'm going to uh, move on now to uh, something else. It, I'm really only just going to mention one movie, but this is uh, going on to uh, this. It, it capitalized on the fad of the reality show. Now one would say mm-hmm. that, uh, making the world's first reality movie. It's like, no, they're called documentaries. Uh, yeah. They've been around a while. Um, Do you want Series 7, The Contenders? No, th- I know. It seems like it was reality. <laughs> I, I never saw it. It's actually pretty, not That's bad. That's what I hear. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it came out the same around the same time as Session 9, and oh, until yeah. I saw Session 9, I always got them mixed up. Fair enough, yes. But session 9 is great. Uh, and Series 7... You see the, that, Session 9? No, I haven't. You'd like it. I think I would. Uh, everyone, I don't know. It's I'm kind of reluctant to watch horror movies because I'm very easily frightened as a person. Yeah, but it's the director of like Trans Siberian and The Machinist. All right, so it's like a psychological horror more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a look. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Um, series seven. The reason that it works is first off, it's not reality, but that it it, it understands. The just how hokey reality shows can be and mm-hmm. how overproduced they can be. And for those that don't know, Series Seven is it's a re, it's like Survive. It's kind of like Survivor, um, or I'd say it's it's closer to something like The Amazing Race, uh, where people are admit they are randomly selected and then they have no choice but to be on the show, um, and they have to kill each other. Uh-huh. And, and of course, the idea—that idea—is nothing new. Stuff like uh, *The Running Man* and other sci-fi ha- have put that out there. But in in treating this like it was a TV show and just filming it like that, where the music comes up uh, at all the all the points that the producers are clearly like, "All right, this character has cancer, so we need to bring up the big melodramatic music mm-hmm. here." And treating it like that, and uh, it just really understands. That for example, um, one of the char- it turns out that the that these two characters that were randomly selected, uh, these two people that are randomly selected went to school together, mm-hmm. uh, I think high school, and they were part of uh, they're part of like the the AV club, uh-huh. and they had put together a. Uh, I think you told me about this. Yeah, they had put <laughs> they had put together uh, in high school a video for the song "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division. By Joy Division, and so. <laughs> Thank you. And so uh, when it came time to uh, so then the producers like, ah, oh, maybe there was a romance there. Maybe there wasn't. So it showed a montage of the of these two people now. And it played that song from Joy Division. <laughs> and it's so cheesy, but it's cheesy in exactly the way that reality shows are cheesy. And so Series 7 understands it, but it because it it's still actors and it's written. And so it's, uh, it's, it certainly is not a reality movie. I know you, you were saying you weren't saying that it was, yeah, I was making a joke, but then yeah. we ended up talking about it yeah. for a while, but it sounds, I, I kind of want to watch it. It is, it is a, d- a delightful film. What are you going to talk about? The real Cancun? The, re- uh, I'm sorry, the real, what'd you say? The real Cancun? <laughs> the real Cancun. Thank you. You're taking this mispronunciation thing so far. Cause it sounded like you said the real King Kong. <laughs> the real King Kong. What? Wait, was that a documentary? Um, but now I've not seen The Real Cancun. Have you? I have, but I don't remember any of it. Okay. It, like all terrible reality shows, it sort of just passed through my system. <laughs> I watched it at a time that I worked at a video store, and I rented it for free. Yeah. You know, I just took it home and watched it, and I don't really remember it. I remember thinking these people are awful. Yeah. But that was not a surprise. And I do remember that <laughs> the whole thing about it was... It said, hey, you like those uh, reality shows on MTV, like the real world and stuff? 
Now imagine it's uncensored. Uh-huh. You can see all the breasts. You can hear all the language. You come see the real Cancun. You're gonna you're gonna see see it all, my friend. Uh-huh. So it was trying to it was exploiting a fad and then adding something to it by being like, "What do you think? What do you think of this?" Uh, because of course, movies have always tried to do tried to get people away from their television, uh-huh. um, and uh, and so it just found a, a way to do that, and of course, uh, failed miserably. But there's also a movie called Games People Play. Okay, which you have seen, which I seen have that seen, as well. and I remember it a little bit better. Okay, it's really dumb. Okay, although I, I enjoyed it at the time, but. In thinking back, it's just really snide. Okay. And what is it about? Is it? Uh, I don't want to say too much. Okay. Not that I care because I don't really like the movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to give away what it's about. Mm-hmm. Really, it's essentially a reality type show where people have to play certain games or do certain challenges. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um. And. Uh, the end of the movie is like trying to i guess the the point in big bright red bleeding letters is uh reality tv is fake oh okay just as fake as anything else okay that's kind of the point all right and i don't i don't want to say exactly what happens but it's not at the same time i wouldn't recommend seeking it out okay it's a the whole thing's a big uh gotcha oh, and um I thought I enjoyed it at the time because I was uh, a stuck-up college <laughs> kid. Um, now I'm stuck up in a much more sophisticated way. Exactly. And uh, uh, no, I would not recommend games people play. But that's a good. I, it was something I had not thought of. This reality thing, games people play, is exactly the kind of thing we should be talking about in this episode. But there, I mean, aside from those two, I can't really think of of any film that tried to that. Any, f- there usually aren't that many movies about a specific fad because, uh, with the exception of some dance, uh, some modern dance movies, mm-hmm. um, but as- besides that, you know, you're not going to run across a lot of Dennis Rodman films. You're not going to run across a lot of uh, a lot of films about the Lombada or <laughs> the Forbidden Dance. The- is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. I've never seen that movie. I think it is called Lombada. The Forbidden Dance. Oh, okay. I think it is called the the whole title, um, and so you're not going to find a lot of them because they don't do well, and they're not going to. Th- and the studio is not going to throw good money after bad, trying to convince people that this is something good because mm-hmm. they they are taking their cues completely from culture rather than trying to convince culture that oh no you should you should still be interested in this it's just oh they're not okay let's find the next thing that they are and maybe we'll but why be a do little you think more... there are three step ups now i don't i don't maybe know maybe i should give these movies a chance maybe there's they're saying something more or there's because there's i mean I, I don't know maybe the kind of dance that's done isn't as specifically about some new fad the way that drumline or stomp the yard was having not seen the films <laughs> And knowing that uh, they weren't re- well-reviewed or anything like that, I think the appeal is that, first off, the thing that's, you know, as opposed to watching Dennis Rodman try to act or mm-hmm. or anything like that, um, what you're seeing on the screen is something that's truly amazing. I mean, these dances are, I mean, my own critical uh, biases aside as far as like, well, maybe they shouldn't have a movie about this. Um it is amazing to watch, and you're like, "Wow, that's really something." Um, so there's that, and also, it feels like the film is taking its cues from the thing that it is about, where it is shot in a way that makes that really is invigorating for people to watch. Right. And and honestly, the latest one being in 3D, uh-huh. as ridiculous as the as I'm sure the the story that they're constructing around it is. It looks like it would be a fun movie to see right. in 3D because... Uh, and I imagine these people, unlike the characters in Rad, don't go about their day dancing. <laughs> they don't dance down to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> they stand yeah. in line and they're I'm gonna, dancing. Uh, I'm going to crunk over to the uh, <laughs> post office real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mail some funky letters. <laughs> <laughs> I am so old and white. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but so I think I think that might be it is if the thing is legitimately 
interesting. And I think maybe fads last longer now than they used to. I know that may sound strange, but because the internet can always keep any can keep something alive. If the internet was around in its current form, if it was around in the early 90s, who knows? Maybe ra- stuff there'd be so many more resources for people who loved BMX bikes uh-huh. and people who loved video games. Um there be and so there would be a much more uh of a of a niche and they'd be very aware of these and they'd they'd all want to you know go after it and so you know something could be a legitimate it's a phenomenon on TV and then there's websites about it and that keeps it alive and then the websites might actually inspire another season of that TV show or whatever and then before you know it the fad lasts longer and the movies that are made about it are made uh, right on time. They're not a few months late. Mm-hmm. They're right when they should be, and they make a lot of money, so, of course, there's going to be another one, and it keeps the fad going. Um, that is, I'd say that's my theory as to why there are now three step-up films. It is, there's, I, you, we can now say the step-up trilogy. Yeah. Which is fun to say, I guess, um, but, but interesting nonetheless. Um, now, is the second one called Step Up 2? The streets, or is it called Step Up to the Streets? If it's Step Up to the Streets, it makes me wonder where they were dancing before. If you have to step up to the streets, were you in the sewer? Probably. I guess so. Maybe that's what they're saying about us all. It's. <laughs> I, th- I think we've reached an end point for this episode. <laughs> no, but honestly, I do feel like we're wrapping up here. I wanted no, absolutely. this to be a short one because, like I said, we already recorded one tonight. Yeah. And I, my brain's not in this. I'm thinking about... Uh, Comic Con and Lindsay Lohan. Criminally, man, this is a. Uh, I didn't know you thought this much about uh, Comic Con. <laughs> I knew you thought <laughs> about it too. a lot, but yeah. I mean, it's like a kid on Christmas morning, except you hate Christmas. Yeah, but I love Comic Con. <laughs> and it's actually more like Hanukkah because it's several days long. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And on that last day, it starts to smell, apparently. Hanukkah's like really long. It's like. Eight days? It's like 14 nights, I think. I thought it was eight crazy nights. I know. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Were but it's so that long that? that you think, like, when Hanukkah starts, do you think people are like, wasn't it just Hanukkah? Like, 358 <laughs> days ago? I feel like we might be getting into territory that it sounds like we're making fun of people. No, I don't think so. Well, I am. That's oh, you are made, okay, yeah. We Absolutely. Should, we should wrap up then. Okay. Uh, you can find us at battleshippretension.com or by searching iTunes for Battleship Pretension. Mm-hmm. You can email us, david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can find me, David, on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. You can find Tyler at Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons, mm-hmm. which is the official Twitter feed of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or by searching iTunes for More Than One Lesson. You can find my other podcast, the TV Review Podcast, previously on by searching iTunes for previously on. That's all. Uh, okay, yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I need to... I've gotten so used to doing the spiel, yeah. but I what I have not mastered is how to toss it to you when i'm done i am now done tyler (laughs) say your last thing that's basically what it is yeah uh yeah thanks everybody for listening uh to remind you once again uh come on down to comic-con if you're going to comic-con or if you live in san diego um, or near san diego or near san diego if you live in temecula if you live in escondido if you live in imperial beach california I don't know why you turned into the movie, fi- movie phone guy all of a sudden. Um, I could turn into Hugh Hauser. <laughs> Imperial Beach, California. Imperial Beach, California. That's a, that's a better one than mine. Beautiful Escondido, <laughs> California. Real, real quick, remind. Okay, uh, friend of the show, James Domian. Yeah. Okay, for those that don't know, there is a show called California's Gold, and it is hosted by a man named Hugh Hauser. Hugh Hauser. Yeah. Already a great name. Wonderful name. Uh, if you watch the show for 10 minutes, you are going to want to rip your own ears out, but you will also have tremendous sympathy for whomever Hulhauser is talking to. Oh, see, now I like Hulhauser. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. He seems like a nice guy, and he is legitimately fascinated by California. everything. And, and <laughs> honestly, there are a lot of people who say that like Los Angeles and California has no culture, and the show actually gets you to appreciate all the things that California has. So, there's that. 
However, the questions that he asks are so basic and so, I would venture to say, insipid that, uh, that it, it melts your brain, that he breaks it down to the key components uh, that you're like, we're all adults, Huel. What are you doing? So, friend of the show, James Adomian, who is a professional uh, impressionist and comedian, he has, uh, you might know him from this current season of Last Comic Standing. That's yes, that's right. Yes, and uh, he's doing well, him. as I understand. Although he may have been voted off. Yeah, I don't by know this time. Um, Jason Nash was a uh, friend of the show. Jason Nash was voted off, I believe. That's a shame. That is a shame. Um, but uh, so you can find uh, James Adomian doing an impression of Huel Hauser frequently on a, a podcast called uh, Comedy Death Ray. Comedy, comedy Death, Death Ray, Ray Radio. Radio. Or um, Comedy Death Radio. Yes. Um, is it called that or one person calls it that? Paul Tompkins calls it that. Paul on Tompkins the show. calls it that. Um, and so seek it out because you will be so happy that you did. But I would say first, look up Huel Hauser online and then behold the wonder of James Adomian's impression because it is spot on. And as far as the questions he asks, He's not exaggerating that much. Yeah. But, uh, but it's so if like, you're in any of these beautiful, yeah, beautiful Southern California locales, Southern California locales. <laughs> yeah. Make your way into the gas lamp district. Yeah. Uh, of San Diego on July 22nd at 8 p.m. and make mm-hmm. your way to the Tipsy Crow. That's at the Tipsy Crow on Twitter. Absolutely. It used to be called the Bitter End. That's why I called it that during the Tobolowski episode. Yeah. In case you were wondering. Um, and uh, there is a, a Facebook event for it, so you can uh, you can find that through me or David on f- on Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Facebook. I know, but you are attending the event, and so people can look at your Facebook and find the event but I'm through not on that. Facebook. I I know that, but <laughs> I'm saying they can use you. You don't ha- you don't have to play any role in this. Okay, all right. But they can find the event through you or through me on Facebook, and uh, yeah. Just, uh, I, I think you can invite yourself to it and just say that you're attending. That would be really great. I, it's the equivalent of an RSVP, which would always be nice. Yeah, please come. It'll be fun. Absolutely. So Buy me a thanks, drink. thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.